to the glory in our stories. On today's episode, we have Eamon Hudson. As it always starts, um, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening. This is episode 21 of The Glory in Our Stories. Uh, today I am having the privilege of uh, interviewing um, an awesome uh, musician. I'm a decent artist. It will be a huge understatement. Um, I'm interviewing uh, Mr. Uh, Eamon Hudson. Um, creator of a hood music and a band member of a major sound um pretty certain he's gonna introduce himself in a minute but as i always always start out the um episode with the history of how we met how i met learned began to uh, learn about this individual uh Eamon and i go back like uh, red cards and uh 30 minute lunches so <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we both worked at uh, at Target um, for a minute. Yeah, it was a um, bit. Oh man, I I think when what year did you start again? Yeah, it's two thousand. Yeah. It's two thousand eleven. I want to say that was right. Yeah, yeah, because it went too long after I graduated high school. I hopped on on there. Yeah, it was about two thousand eleven. I want to say first part because I was seasonal. Yeah. So it was two thousand ten into two thousand ten. Now yeah. let me tell you how jacked up this is. Amen's been working there. Maybe at the point where I was, you said 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was maybe two or three years after that I found out that you were a musician. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, why did I did not know this. Yeah. So when I first heard what you did, I was mm-hmm. like, hey, this cat ain't playing. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know how some people just do things and play. Oh, it's just a hobby. No, this yeah. wasn't a hobby. This is something that was. And embedded in you, yeah. and it's just something that came natural. Yeah, and um, I was like, "He's he's serious, like he's he's not playing." Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you you probably one of the um, best local um, producers oh, I've heard. I man, appreciate that, man. Like oh. you don't, you could do beats, but you don't do beats. You do tracks. Yeah, the difference, man. and yeah. I'm pretty certain you'll uh, get into that. Yeah, um, man. Later, but um, if you don't mind, if you could inform those who are listening, learning more about mm-hmm. you, who are learning about you for the mm-hmm. first time, tell them um, what you do, where you're from, and um, how, how was your childhood? Cool. Well, yeah, like he like he introduced me. Yet, uh, name's Amon Hudson. Um, I currently go by uh, a major. I was formerly going by A HUD. Uh, had a little brand change last year, um, so currently going by A Major. Um, I'm from Augusta, been in Augusta for as long as I've been living, my whole 25 years of existence on this <laughs> this planet. Um, like Calvin said, you know, I'm a producer, musician, composer, writer, ranger, uh, list goes on. Um, I just, like I said, at, I appreciate the the modesty and that Calvin is oh, giving me. <laughs> uh, I'm very humble person, so people say stuff like you know the best, use those type words. You know, I I just kind of like oh, 
I get real, you know, red in the face. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate that, you know. Um, like you were saying, you know, I, I definitely take this this very seriously. You know, it's more than it's more than making beats. You know, you got your I make beat cats out here. You got plenty of those. I'm pretty sure y'all see those daily. You know, those I'm selling thirty beats for ten cent cats. So <laughs> no shade to them. You know, you know whatever you you know do that's your hustle. But yeah, you know music is what I eat, breathe, sleep. You know, I bleed quarter notes and stuff like that. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's that's what I do, you know. So I, I take that very seriously, you know, things like that. Um, my child, I think you said my childhood. Childhood was, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had one of the probably the coolest childhoods. Now that I look back on it, you know, um, I can say I was probably very. I'm not gonna say very. I was very sheltered. I put it that way. My mom and dad, you know, were were very into the church. You know, they were Christians. They were great people, though. You know, they always willing to help lend a hand um but they looking back on it they kept me out of a lot of trouble a lot of stuff I I didn't need to be exposed to at the time of course you know I wanted to go down the street and play with you know the kids and I wanted to go you know go around the corner and hang out and a lot of times you know they wouldn't let me and I I used to get mad like man we just go into the park man I want to go to the park (laughs) Nah, you need to stay in. You need to die. I was like, man, I can't stand him. But now I look back on this, you know, and some of the people, you know, that I grew up with, they did a lot of that stuff. They got exposed to a lot of stuff early, you know, whether it be the, you know, the drugs or the, you know, the the the, the girls and stuff like that. You know, it, being exposed to that stuff early does make a difference in how you come up, I would say. Um, they, I, I would say they, they allow me to be a kid. And that was that was one of the best things I think they ever could have done, and it, it made me who I am today. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, besides that, um, I had a, I had a pretty good childhood. You know, my dad was probably my hero. <laughs> probably one of the hardest working guys I know. Um, he definitely was the the template for being a man. You know, he yeah. showed me how how to how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to how to be a man, and you know how to how to take care of yourself. So I definitely salute him for that. Um, and he still does it today. You know, I still go to him. Me being married, got a whole kid. <laughs> <laughs> I still call my dad, be like, Dad, what do I do? <laughs> He's looking at me weird. He's making weird noises. What I do? <laughs> He's still just right there. You know, just being a dad. So I, I definitely appreciate that, man. Man, I um, his son who he's talking about, I call him J Dot. <laughs> J Dot, <laughs> dude is cool, man. He just is. Whenever he takes a picture, it's yeah. so, it's his face he makes. Like he knows you taking the picture. This guy is, he's he's ten months going on ten. So <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the most photogenic kid out. He's like the coolest kid out know, man. Like for he's only ten months old, but he's he's the coolest kid. How you gonna have swag at Tim Mustard? Dude, he's got that. more swag than I do. Like <laughs> he makes make wearing a onesie look cool, man. Like I'd be wanting to wear onesies in, in Timberlands, you know. <laughs> I can't pull it off like him. I mean, it's like one day he got his he got his fro out, next day he got some twists, then he got some corn cornrows. That's his mom. I'm like, man, you gangster dude. Like you just just chilling. Yeah, man, I'm definitely gonna have to keep a keep a strong grip on him when he get older, man. <laughs> I 
already know, man. These little, these little thoughtlers out here, man. Thoughtlers. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. You got hey, you got that. They it ain't no age limit to 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 the you know the promiscuous women. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna call them by their street name. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. His mama already you know got the shotgun. I ain't the shotgun person. That's his mama. So yeah, yeah, man. But it's all good. We'll we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So uh, in reference to um, parenting, how, like how did when you when it happened? Because I, I know you, they say you can never fully prepare for it. Man, so how was that <laughs> entering into uh, entering fatherhood? Why was that? It definitely was unexpected. Um, well, it's, it's you know it's funny when people say it was unexpected because if you don't take certain precautions to prevent things, <laughs> it's always that <laughs> that possibility. But uh. He actually was conceived on our honeymoon, so mm-hmm. it was definitely it came fast. Yeah, not no plan intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I went there, but I came back. You came back, but you called my name. So yeah. I go back. <laughs> but I had to put that out there because you know you got you got some people that to try you up, man. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um. But yeah, man. So he 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 definitely was was an unexpected gift. Um, but really, fatherhood is not something that you can prepare for. If you know with your first child, I yeah. I'm pretty sure most guys that have been there can relate. And they, man, what am I gonna do? I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to change a diaper. How am I gonna know if he's hungry? But I I guarantee you, when you when it, when your child comes, it's like instantly everything is downloaded into you this this maternal instinct uh reflexes i don't man i got spider like reflexes now my son done been inches from breaking his neck and my, i don't even know how it happens but it's awesome man it's it's definitely i can i can definitely say um having a child has boosted my drive and my passion for what i do yeah um a lot of a lot of people make the mistake and they say oh you got to you got to pursue your career and your dreams before you get your family and and your you know have your kids once you do that all oh, you got to put it in the back burner well for me it was just the opposite you know that it pushed me more um yeah. i think before i got married before i had my child i was i felt like i had time mm-hmm. um so i didn't i still was fired up and passionate but i didn't feel like you know, I felt like I had time to make mistakes. I had time to, you know, I, let's just work it in there, you know. But once you have a, a wife, you have a child that you have to provide for, you know, you mm-hmm. get this instinct of, man, I got to, I got to make this happen. You know, they yeah. depend on me. So, you know, that pushes you, that drives you, you know. So I definitely, you know, I think that was the push I needed, you know, to really, really make me go head first and full steam ahead. So, so do, you, do you find yourself – not sure if it's too early or not. Mm. Do you see similar traits between him, uh, your son, and yourself? Man, and the differences. Do I like this guy is musically inclined already? Like he he dances on beat. It doesn't <laughs> matter the tempo. He knows it. He dances to it. He recognizes music right away. Yeah. Um. He he already picks up his little. He we bought him this little uh, xylophone thing. He he's beating on everything. The table. Everything, man. He he loves it. He's very fond of the guitar. Every mm-hmm. time he goes into my studio, that's the first thing he crawls to. So I'm wondering about that 
Um, he messes with everything though. I'm constantly exposing him to it. But he, I can tell he's got the he's got the itch. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm not gonna be that parent. You know, I ain't gonna be a Joe Jackson. <laughs> so <Ooh>. like, <laughs> I'm gonna let him just. You know, I'm gonna let him be a kid and yeah. going going to the direction he want to go with it. You know, so but I see it there. I definitely see those similar traits in me. And it's, and it's funny how stuff like that can be hereditary. Mm-hmm. Having that um, that same desire um, as far as um, expression, mm-hmm. um, because as far as the art, an artistic gene. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I I didn't think that that could be passed on. But yeah. my mom, she used to paint, mm-hmm. and my dad was pastor. Mm-hmm. But infusing that as far as passion and being expressive, like with my hands and stuff like that, I realized that I had received that from my parents mm-hmm. and like my my friends who have they they're twins. Mm-hmm. You can see even I can see uh, similarities between them and what they do yeah and it, i thought that was very fascinating yeah and it's so funny man because <laughs> for those of y'all listening man when we were at target our conversations varied from all kinds of stuff and <laughs> towel just, talk that's what <laughs> i talk <laughs> that's what we'd always meet up <laughs> yeah it would be, be you me jesse um eric, eric. yeah man and just but to think that in few years, like years to come, apparently I'm the last one on the list. So um, I guess I need to make that move. But I, ain't, <laughs> I got some stuff in the works, but I ain't going to say what it is. But um, within a few few years, man, it was uh, these these cats have gotten married, uh, had kids. Never would have thought that, man. That's so crazy. Yeah, man. We it was, just happened like that. Yeah, man. We was... We was in 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 the towel section talking about Avengers <laughs> and, and how trash Guardians of the Galaxy was gonna be. Oh man! Yeah, man, it's it's just and now these movies got three sequels and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they like booked for the next decade. Decade, so. man, it's crazy. Um, so we we we've talked we've been talking about this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, your musical influences, mm-hmm. who were they? First and foremost, I'm gonna just get it out of the way. Um, it's definitely gonna be my dad. Um, my dad is the one I get my my musical gift from. He was a songwriter, mm-hmm. composer, and arranger. And being around that at an early age, I used to I used to go to practices with him at, at church and stuff. And he yeah. played drums as well. And he would let me. He would have a chair right next to the drum set when they practiced, and I'd just sit there and just stare he had to check and make sure i was okay i just sit there and watching <laughs> eyes big and every once in a while you know he let me sit on his lap and play and, and i just listened to how the, the keyboard played and the drums and the bass and man just from there i was just i was in love man um so i would say definitely that was my first biggest influence currently um and me and you talk about this all the time i think my biggest musical influence um, Production-wise, it's gonna be Brian Michael Cox. Um, mm. I, I've had a chance to listen to a lot of different producers and what they do, but it's it's something about the way this guy arranges his music. You know, the the little things and how the different sounds talk to each other. It's just you don't hear production these days; you hear beats. 
Yeah. Um, and I have to school a lot of these these new cats on this when it comes to music. I said, um, you know, it's the difference between making beats and making tracks. And I remember me and you had this conversation about this outside one time. Yeah. You know, beats is just, you know, it's a it's a funky 808 clap with a little synth in the back. But when you make a track, you know, a track is personal. You know, a track, a track compliments what the artist is talking about you know if yeah. you have a singer that's writing about love you know that track that you make for that love song is gone you want that track to have that same feeling you know you don't want her to be talking about heartbreak and you know it's real passionate ballad but then you got like some you know Migos beat behind it you know <laughs> <laughs> I've always said the way the way to success with music when it comes to songs is when your when your track and your lyrics match, you know when they when they're in sync, that's when you get a hit. You know, yeah. um, if you listen to any of your hits before, you've always it's always been the tracks been dope, the songs been dope. You, mm-hmm. but nowadays, you know, it's different. You know, it don't you don't have to have dope lyrics anymore. You can just have a dope track. You know, well a lot of guys don't realize is these it's not these artists that's making this money and that's getting famous. These producers. You know, these artists are puppets nowadays. You know, they just they're just a face to get these producers beat heard. That's why you hear the same producers for the, all the artists. You know, yeah. so I would just you know that that's that's what I say. You know, I like to stay true to the music, and I think Brian Michael Cox has always done that. You can always tell his tracks apart. Um, same goes with Timberland. You can always yeah. tell a Timberland track. Uh, Pharrell. Um, I would say those are my top current musical influences right now. You know, they just those guys are always gonna be on top. You know, no matter what's out. So it's funny you said that. Um, somebody I don't know who said it, and I and I gave him like the side eye. Cause yeah. I said I I disagree. Mm-hmm. One of them said that they don't like Timbaland because his music sounds the same. Mm-hmm. This goes to show how much they don't listen. Don't listen because Timbaland. I've, I'm just I've been always curious as to how he does that because mm-hmm. it always fits always fits the vocalist whoever he has mm-hmm. on that it fits them perfectly mm-hmm. and like you said paying attention to the little things mm-hmm. and not only that feeling it mm-hmm. I remember one time we were um, we were doing a track and I said oh I want to put this in there mm-hmm. so that people can hear it mm-hmm. and you said no 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 not that people can hear it so that people can feel it mm-hmm. And I realized that recently because I was listening to um, a random track, and I was like, "He was right," because mm-hmm. you can you can feel it. Can it's feel not it. about it's not about hearing; it's about feeling. It's about feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that that having that organic connection. Yeah. With the music. That's a good word. Yeah. And I think the only person that can really fully understand that are the producers because mm-hmm. you all are putting something together. You're creating a body of work. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's crazy. Somebody would say that about Timberland, um, which people don't realize is Timberland. The reason I think a lot of people feel like him for real, they say, "Oh, that music always sounds the same." Your music, you can say that about somebody that has created a sound. Yeah. Um, not too many producers can say I have created a mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. So you know you're not gonna have somebody saying oh, this sounds like the Migos, or this is a Migos-type track. No, they're going to say, oh, that's, that sounds like a Timberlands track. Yeah. This sounds like a Pharrell-type song. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have many producers like that. Yeah, you got your, your 808 clap producers, but they all sound the same. You can't tell those beats apart. But you hear a Timberland track, you hear a Pharrell track, you hear a Scott Storch, a 
Dark Child, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brian Michael Cox, you be like, yeah, I know who did that. <laughs> you know, they have a sound, they have a brand, and that's that's what it's about. You know, it's I I, I can't wait because you know music music always goes in a cycle. You know, mm-hmm. we have you have the the awesome music, you have the the feeling, and then you get into the trash. Which I'm not gonna knock these new artists because you know they 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 doing what they think is 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 music. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the new artists though, um, and I had this conversation with with you know Topher mm-hmm. before, but I think a lot a lot of musicians or artists today they they're doing it for the money, yeah, and that's really um, that's really hurtful to the culture of music. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're doing it for the money, you don't take time to consider what the message you're giving off, the feeling that you're giving off in the music. You're just doing whatever sells, you know. Because um, it's crazy how 10 years ago music was totally different than it was now. You yeah. know, R&B was different. The hip-hop was different. You know, the hip-hop had a meaning. You know, now it's all about it's all about the money. It's all about the drugs, the women. Yeah. It's just that's, that's all it is. And... Whether people know it or not, music is the number one influence of our culture. Yeah, that's that's. If you want to reach our culture, it's gonna be through the music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these 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 cats gotta realize that, man. They they got they got to change it, man. It's got to change it. And it's funny you say that about our culture and music. Hence, uh, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, Kendrick Lamar producing yeah. the album Black, Black Panther. Panther. Man, I was like, man, it's gonna be so. St- you know, you know that part on uh, what is it? What them? I forgot the movies. I'm black. I'm blackity black. I'm black, black, blackity black. You know? Ah, oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name of the movie though. This I'm. <laughs> this 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 move this this movie, mm-hmm. and it's it, and it's a whole entity, including the movie, the music, all of this is gonna mm-hmm. be so epic. Yeah. But like you said, you can't. You it's hard for you to think of a good movie. Without a nice soundtrack, mm-hmm. and Ken, Kendrick Lamar, he's like a lot of people. Some people say he's the modern Tupac, mm-hmm. um, not just because he's from the West, but yeah. it's just his, his mindset when it comes to music. Definitely, um, and he seems he seems to be a little bit more focused and mm-hmm. direct and strategic. Yeah, opposed to most other modern uh, artists. Yeah. And um, I'm learning that the local artists that are doing what they're doing now, this is the way that they express themselves. Mm-hmm. This is a, a um, transition that hip hop has to go through. Yeah. And Common Common put it beautifully when he said, "I used to love her." He mm-hmm. had to he personified hip hop as mm-hmm. a female. Yeah. That went through all these changes, and that's exactly what's happened ever since the late '70s. It's just, mm-hmm. and he not just hip hop but R and B. Like it's just. But even to the day, I tell people I I love hip hop, but R and B will always be my first. I'm the same way. R and B, R and B will always, always when it when people ask me my favorite genre of music, I always fight between gospel and R and B. It's just those two coincide in one another. But mm-hmm. it's something about R and B is just, and I ain't talking about this new. I call it R and R and B hood because it's. <laughs> You got R and B singers trying to be rappers now, so I'm just oh, like man. I'm talking about you, yeah, sweet lady Tyrese R and B, Jodeci, saying your your shoes off R and B. I'm talking about that type of R and B, you know, not your your uh, 
Trey songs yodeling R and B. It's like nah, I ain't talking about y'all. Y'all new, y'all new generation. Y'all can have that. I want my Jodeci. Give me my Boys to Men, my new edition. You know oh, that's man. that's that's why I'm centered at man. If if you want to get the best out of out of out of an A major track, man, R and B is gonna be where it's at. You know. Yes, and I and I I've realized that you know I had to find my niche. You know, it's good to be versatile though. I will say that I have learned that, um, and recently working with different artists, I have found my hip hop side when it comes to tracks. I was lost there for a minute. Hip hop tracks sound too R and B ish. And I used to wonder why a lot of hip hop artists didn't mess with me, and I'm like, man, my tracks is dope. He's like, man, your tracks is dope, man. It's too. It's too R and B ish. I'm like, it's unique. Then I go back and listen. And I'm like, that's true. You know, it's it's you have to be versatile. You know, whether it's R and B, country, pop. You know, it's, you have to be versatile. But definitely R and B is is my that's my that's my soft spot. <laughs> yeah. So who's your um? So what if you had a specific era mm-hmm. when it came to music? When was your favorite? Was the '90s, early 2000s? You're going to be surprised when I say this. I'm going to probably have to say this between 70s to the 80s. You know what? I can see that. Duh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Most people be like, you a 90s baby. Don't get me wrong. 90s is probably going to be, go down as one of the best generations of music. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because of Teddy Riley. That man created Jack Swing, which you know is the... The 90s style, which boys the men, mm-hmm. everybody use. It has that swing, that that little funky. Yeah, Teddy Riley. Do do your history. Teddy Riley was he he created that that genre of music. So that's that's gonna definitely go down. But the 70s and 80s, the orchestra and musical arrangements of those songs was it stands the test of time. I mean, just look, just listen to the Thriller album. Um, people are still taking from this today, man. It's just. I think that's going to go down as my favorite era of music. It's timeless. You know, we we going into 2018 and you can still listen to that music. You know, it's and if you ever need a reference, that's what you're going to go to. You're going to go to your Earth, Wind and Fire, your your um, uh, uh, Gap Band, um, all that type of stuff. That's that's. Real producers, that's where they're going to look for some some influence. You know, they're going to these old cats that started this stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna say 70s, late 70s to the mid 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 to mid 80s, somewhere around there. Yeah, going into the 90s. Yeah, I realized that with some songs, I like mm-hmm. horns. Yeah, this is something about a nice horn and yeah. um and going back to that time period where, oh, yeah. where instrumentation was heavy. Extremely heavy, but heavy. It, it was crazy because it was so heavy, but it it never overpowered. No, it didn't. Never overpowered nah. what somebody was saying. It was you, and I think Earth, Wind, and Fire always did this yeah. the best. They would have drums, guitar, bass, keyboard, horns, strings, somebody on xylophone, <laughs> somebody doing lip effects. <laughs> they were just everything, and it it all made a body it all made this this entity of music that Mm -hmm. just fit perfectly with what they were saying so it was it was Mm. pretty dope uh i was introduced to them like i I always knew they existed oh i can't get into them so when i started listening to them i was Mm -hmm. like okay i I hear this so let me go to the 80s okay i hear this but they did it too so they started it so let me go to the 90s Mm -hmm. 
Let me go to the 80s, but the 80s and 90s wouldn't be doing it if they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And so they're pulling from them mm-hmm. and just creating something completely different. So it, it always feels good, even now, when I listen to yeah. modern music. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can hear Earth, Wind, and Fire in that. Mm-hmm. And it's safe to say that they've created this cornerstone mm-hmm. that has re-evolutionized uh, R&B music just music in general yeah. to the point where it's very hard not to consider them mm-hmm. when you're creating a piece yes and like I was listening to Luther um, man I'm sorry Anita Baker oh, man that's that's my that's my girl that's what I'm saying man it's just that music like that man if you if you don't get inspiration from that as a producer that's just I don't know what you're doing. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you if you going back listening to Jay Z and Kanye and thinking that's all the inspiration you need, uh, man, you you sadly mistaken. You you have to you have to listen to everything. Like me as a producer, um, I listen to everything a little bit. Um, I listen to R and B, of course, gospel. Mm-hmm. I listen to hip hop. I listen to country. I listen to pop. I listen to classical. Listen to some rock. Only thing I don't listen to is like heavy metal, acid type music because mm-hmm. it's screaming gives me a headache. No offense <laughs> to anybody that does that. Is yeah. you know it just that's just how my body works. It gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you have to listen to everything because you never know what might come up or what somebody might need being a producer. You know, yeah. and everybody's voice is different. So uh, just because this type track worked for this person, it might not work for the next person. So you have to be able to. You know, switch it up. You know, mm-hmm. change the vibe. And sometimes you might want to experiment. You know, you might want to take take a pop beat and and put it with a with a country guitar with a hip hop eight hundred eight behind it and see how it comes out. And you get a unique sound. You know, so never never put yourself in the box, no matter what you do. I realize I realize I read somewhere that because um, I was trying out Garage Band mm-hmm. and I was trying to see um, which minor mm-hmm. the song was in yeah and a lot of comments and one section hey man to be honest when it comes to people making tracks it's all about finding it mm-hmm. instead of just trying to take this and this create that mm-hmm. like trying to get something specific it just happens mm-hmm. and would you agree that when you're producing sometimes most of the things that you create it just happens it's not like mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing yeah but you find us hey i like that yeah. but you but you develop a certain mm-hmm. ear Mm-hmm. To know that know when certain things fit. Yeah. So, but you would agree saying that when you go into the studio and you have to create something, mm-hmm. it's usually something that just happens, opposed to you having to dig for it. Yeah, a lot of times now, if, I, if if we're going into a blind session, you know, where it's just we want to create, it definitely happens like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of producers find a beat first. Mm-hmm. And then build on top of that. Um, my dad always jokes at me and says I'm wired different because I do it differently. <laughs> I literally lay a whole track down and put the drums in later because um, I feel like the drums, they the drum when it comes to drums, I guess because me being a drum, I realize you, your drums should not run the beat. Yeah. They basically they should complement it, you know. So I, I usually like to 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 figure out what. I want the body of my song to be on my track. Make that, and then I put my. I usually put my drums and my bass in last. You know, yeah. it depends on what I'm doing, so, but it, it's very organic. Um, but there are times where 
I can be at work or I can be out, I hear a whole track in my head, every single part. I remember, I remember you telling me I that. know exactly what sound I want, and I can go to the computer and have a track done in 10 minutes, full song. And it comes, sometimes it comes like that. Yeah. I, I love it because it's easier when it does. <laughs> and, and But a lot of times it is really organic, though. It just depends on... What, where that creative faucet is at the time, you know. Sometimes it's, and you and, and as an artist, I, you 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 probably can vouch for it. You have those creative spurts yeah. where it's like the the faucet is just pouring. Then you have those times where it's dripping, and you have sometimes you just dry. You know, yeah. you go through those phases. But the way to overcome that is just always look for inspiration. Yeah. Always find inspiration in something, and you always come out on top. So, what have been your most um, your biggest challenges? When it came to do some music, um, biggest probably trying to get the 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 mixes I want. Um, not not necessarily anymore, but I know at at a time I really went through self doubt yeah. when it came to my tracks because I didn't really get the whole mastering thing down. So a lot of my tracks. They would sound differently, and I know a lot of producers like, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. But they would sound differently once you bounce them out of your software. You know, you hear them in your earphones, you hear them on your speakers, and you're like, man, this track is hitting. Then you're going to play it in the car, and you're like, that ain't my track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I had to, I definitely, I had to realize there's a technical side to my organic gift as well, you know. Yeah. That's learning the sound. Um, so that definitely was a challenge because I had to learn what EQing was, what mixing, what compression was, what uh, filters were, all this different stuff, man. And once I learned that, um, I started to see a, a huge change in my sound of my, my music. And it built up my confidence. Cause a lot of times I didn't want to give people tracks because I was like, oh, my track ain't mastered or it's not mixed good. They're not going to like it. They don't get what I'm saying. If, man, if I could just do it. So a lot of times I would pull back, but now I'm just... Man, listen to this. <laughs> so that was probably one of my biggest challenges, you know. And and definitely finding my sound. I I went through a phase where I tried to copy a lot of what I heard mm-hmm. and I started to realize it it didn't it didn't feel organic, you know. Yeah. I would hear a song on the radio and I would I say, I wanna make something like that and I'd go home and try to make something similar to it and I like it for a second, but I was like, Man, that ain't that ain't my sound, that's somebody else's sound. Mm-hmm. So finding my sound was probably another big challenge too I would probably say but that's definitely been overcome I would like to think <laughs> thank you all for tuning in so far um, again this has been a, a real honor um, to um, interview this young man like I said I've known him for a couple of years but um, as you continue to listen uh, this is just halfway just want to give you all a breather uh, a break um, to get up and get away from wherever you're you're doing uh, for a second maybe stretch your legs whatnot so um but yes continue to listen in um as amen explains um the the passion um behind his his gift and what what drives him uh continue uh to listen to episode 21 uh, of the glory in our stories um as i sit across uh from the awesome amen hudson I uh, I remember that was the challenge I had when it came to writing is finding my voice because mm-hmm. um, I was just right, but I was hadn't experienced anything yet. Mm-hmm. So my writing was very 
objective mm-hmm. and just square it off. And yeah. I wanted to make it round around certain edges to something that you can actually feel. Yeah. So I went through, understood, understand that. Ex- I guess it's the experimental phase mm-hmm. when you're really trying to say what's what's what what's me. Mm-hmm. You know what in your case, what is aiming? Yeah. You know, if somebody was to listen to something, would they? What would direct them towards me? Yeah. And um, and I'm speaking of something else. I was gonna ask you, what's your favorite instrument? Because I realize you're you're good on drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you play the piano, it's <laughs> the song of which somebody pretty much many of you have heard the um, aftermath, the beginning mm-hmm. of it. The, mm-hmm. ding, 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 the way that you yeah. that's so. I can't, <laughs> I can't play piano, man. I just it always amazes me yeah. how because your your fingers have to be because like the slightest the slightest just throws it off wrong note. Oh my god! But for you to make it sound like liquid, you know yeah. that's that's so. What would what's your favorite instrument uh, to play if you had one? To be honest with you, uh, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people do, but the the piano is actually a percussion instrument. Oh wow! Yeah, and the reason it's considered a percussion instrument is because you actually have um, the. If you ever look inside a piano, you have the little beaters hitting strings. Mm. So it's actually considered a percussion instrument. That's why a lot of drummers are easily able to transition over to piano. Um, so I think that's why it comes so naturally to me. Um, I never oh, would have that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what do they say? It's a string. It's, it's a percussion instrument. It's it's technically considered a percussion instrument. A lot of people argue and say it's a string instrument. Yeah. But it's technically a percussion instrument. Um, because wow. of the yeah, if you ever look inside when you play piano, you have these little beaters that hit the strings. Yeah. So that's how you get your sound. Hmm. But my favorite out of the two. And I'm actually picking up guitar now too. I actually nice. I actually just did a track for my brother. And I actually play live guitar on it, and I surprised myself. But that, that won't be in my favorite list yet. Yeah. But drumming is definitely, I would have to say, up there because when I play drums, I'm hurt. You know, it's mm. everybody sees the drum, everybody hears the drum. I can get, I can express myself. I can really put on a show. I would say with drumming. When yeah. I play piano, when I play keyboard, it's intimate. It's it, I go into a different zone when I play keys. You know, it's mm-hmm. very personal yeah. um, because you 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 basically carrying this melody, this body, this this feeling of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I would I would almost have to say, and it's crazy because I started a drummer. I might have to say piano might be is becoming my favorite <laughs> over drums. It's it's crazy, but I might have to say that uh, I'm I'm really loving this journey, and I'm still learning. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm still learning when it comes to keys, the the theory, the technical side. But I love playing keys. It's very intimate, I, especially R and B. I oh, love yeah. hearing some keys in R and B. Jesus, Brian Michael Cox, there you go again. <laughs> see, so yeah, I, w- I would probably have to say keys. I remember uh, when we went when I went to see you all perform uh, mm-hmm. last November. Mm-hmm. You had a man. It had to been at least maybe ten. No, I think it was ten seconds. Maybe mm-hmm. ten seconds. You had a drum solo. Yeah, Bruh. <laughs> bro. Like, I literally stood up, oh. man. I was like, and and the arrangement. Yeah. Like I, I it's because you. I don't think you ever planned that, do you? The solos. Well, you're just the just the 
random arrangement that you do? Uh, we yeah, the, all the arrangements for the for the shows was was definitely planned. Mm. The solo now you can't plan you can <laughs> exactly. never plan a solo. <laughs> um, I, I do the arrangements were very very tedious to do. I've definitely learned. Um, doing live arrangements is very different than doing tracks. You know, yeah. it's it's a lot lot of things you can get away with doing a live arrangements. A lot of showy stuff. I, I love doing live arrangements. Um, mm-hmm. And it was funny how that happened because I, my keyboard player CJ. Yeah. Um, he probably mad I called him CJ because he goes by Jerome. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Jerome. Um, <laughs> He was like, man, you need to put a drum solo right there because we did it at practice. I was like, man, I'm not doing a drum solo. I was like, it's not about me. This about this Bruh. is about major sound. So we, you know, we were clicking. We were clicking, and he looks at me. He gives me that that look. You ever <laughs> seen on a movie that that one moment that defines that person? Yeah. And it's like everything stops. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, I said, you know what? This is my time. This is what I was born to do. I'm gonna do it. And. They looked at, we looked at each other, we made contact, and, and it went down. <laughs> and it was probably one of the one of the greatest drumming moments of my life. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, I definitely loved that moment. Man, that was that was nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. That was nice. I, I couldn't record it because I recorded some bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I really need to put my phone down mm-hmm. so I can enjoy, enjoy the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had my phone, I wouldn't have been able to fully enjoy that. Enjoy that because moment, yeah. Between playing, I would stand up and I sit up. But when you, when I saw that, and you mm-hmm. just kept building, and mm-hmm. I'm like, where, where is he going? Yeah, <laughs> wherever he's going, I'm going too. Yeah. So I was like, man, that was sick. Yeah, that was sick. I appreciate it. And um, and the cool thing about that was that it's just like jazz. You play music, then you go somewhere. And then you go further, mm-hmm. then you just come right back to where you started. Yeah. And y'all just it was that was an awesome experience. I appreciate it, man. The the yeah. group of guys I got around me, man, these these guys I would say were hand picked with some tremendous <laughs> <laughs> tremendous uh discretion. Yeah. Um I've been trying to put together a band for the longest um, but it is very hard to find dedicated, committed, passionate people mm-hmm. that not only believe in what you're trying to do, but believe that they can achieve what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so that's all. That's and I, I don't. If you ever talk to any anybody in the band, they wouldn't say I demand a lot. The only thing I demand is is passion and mm-hmm. and loyalty and just a drive. That's those are my main three things I require. You know. To, to be a part um, Anything else We can we can deal with You know You don't have to be I'm not looking for The holiest of the holy person You know mm-hmm. We we all got our stuff We working on We gonna get there together um, But anybody That's passionate Fired up Loyalty Is big with me I need loyal people And then just Somebody that believes In what You know This vision that I have yeah. You know um, And the cool thing About my guys Is And they'll tell you It's not all about me Um it it is technically my band, but mm-hmm. man, I, I I put these guys probably ahead sometime when it comes to things. I I'm always putting them on the forefront, you know, because it's it's a brotherhood when it comes to the band, you know, major sound. So, like I said, I I took time. I picked guys that I've I actually known these guys for years, years. Yeah. I've known these guys for years, and we've always kind of talked about doing something, but you know. 
things happen at different times and when it's the right time it happens and it's just so happens to, to have been the right time for us to come together um one thing i can say about this journey though with this band it has when when you start to walk into your purpose and what you're supposed to do um it it is not always rainbows and ice cream yeah. um a lot of people think once you find your purpose and you start walking to your purpose, everything's better. Mm-hmm. I probably last year I probably went through some of the toughest things I ever went through when it came to friends and mm-hmm. and not even not family, but just friends and people I dealt with. I lost I, I lost a good bit of friends last last wow. year. Um, and it, a lot of it was maturing. Yeah. A lot of it was jealousy. Um, a lot of it was just. I got to the point where I realized that if 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 you're not pushing with me, then you're you're weighing me down, you're holding me back. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, Well, dang, that's that's your that's your you know, that's your day ones, those are your friends. Yeah, but that's it's two it's two sides to that too. They if they're your friends, they really your friends, they supposed to be there for you. They're supposed to be encouraging. It shouldn't be when when I start to progress in life and start to make it and when i talk about that your attitude changes and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've you've been there you tell somebody yeah man i'm doing this and this and they're like, oh okay and they change the subject or they're just they yeah. just kill the vibe but you have to recognize that and, and and you know it's that's that's the hardest part about it is people that you've been cool with for so long it comes to a point where you have to just let that fade um and you realize you can't take everybody with you. Everybody you start with is not going to be everybody you finish with. Yeah. And I think that's really what last year was about for a lot of people moving into their purpose was finding the people they were supposed to be with, the, their team. You yeah. know? And this year I think is is about actually walking and doing and being successful. Last year was, like I said, was about – ridding the people that you didn't really need to be with, finding the people in in your circle that you needed and and actually executing. This year is about taking the execution further and actually succeeding and stuff. Yeah. So I think this year a lot of people are gonna start to see success. They're gonna start to see you're gonna start to see congratulations. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen the meme of, of this year is gonna be about you've been accepted, congratulations, <laughs> you've been approved, like all that type of stuff. That's yeah. that's what this year is about. So, like I said, it was a lot of lessons learned, and it 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 did hurt. You know, a lot of people I've been cool with, and not to say that I would never be cool with those people again. And I and to be honest with you, it's not that I'm not cool with them. It's just that I've had to separate them from my 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 I guess my purpose side you yeah. know and I had to realize okay we can be cool but to a certain extent I can't allow you to get too close to me and my purpose because I understand that you're not and you're not either supportive or you're not going in the same direction you know you're going at a slower pace yeah so I have to I had to move past them you know but I still got love I still got love for everybody you know that's 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 the biggest thing it's all love here so yeah, man. 2017 was off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've learned myself that, um, and you hear pastors speak on it all the time, mm-hmm. where you're headed, not everybody can go. Yeah, man. And I guess that's the sad part because you've been hanging on, not 
dependent on these people, mm -hmm. but they've been a major part mm -hmm. of your journey. But yeah. only to find out that even those have to fall to the wayside because where your where your direction is taking you, mm -hmm. they can't they yeah. can't follow. They can't follow. And I'm the type of person, and it was really hard on me because I'm the type of person that I'm very lenient. I give so many chances. I'm I'm somewhat too nice because I, I really, I'm not the type of person that likes to be that guy, you know, yeah. that one. I don't just cut people off, but I I give people so many chances to, to show me. And at, after being, you know, let down, after being shown so many times the, the character of certain people, I had to just, had to just let it go, man, because it was, it was holding me back, you know. So, like I said, I wish those people I really hope this year that they can find what they want to do and just do it like yeah. it's it's it people think it's hard to walk in your purpose it's really not it's just a matter of doing it and yeah. deciding i'm gonna do it you know you got to have you got to be fired up about it if you're not fired up fired up about it, if you say you want to if you say you want to be a basketball player or actor you want to sing if you're not fired up about it or you're not making any progress to do it, then that, that might not be what you want to do. That might not be your purpose, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I tell my, my wife all the time, I say, anything that you're, you want to do, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't be forced. You shouldn't have to feel forced or it shouldn't feel like an obligation. Yeah. Music, I, I can honestly say music, even if I wasn't getting paid to do it, I would still do it because I have love for it. I have mm -hmm. a passion for it. It's just... That's just what I like. So you just got to find out what your passion is. And yeah. that's, that's your passion a lot of times is going to be linked to your purpose. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before, mm -hmm. but I think of you and your wife as a power couple. A lot of um, people say that. Because, <laughs> y'all, y'all, ever since I've known of her on social media, mm -hmm. almost every week mm -hmm. she had a new outfit. Yeah. Not something that she just put off a rack, mm -hmm. something she created. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I I realized the, the time and the effort and the dedication. Yeah. Because that is very that's a very tedious tedious process. Man, I can't even I can't even tear paper towels off like that. She, <laughs> <laughs> she can make clothes and stuff. I'm like, good gracious. And I'm like, man, what but she Obviously, you can never see what goes on behind the scenes, but mm -hmm. from what I, from what we see, mm -hmm. she is constantly on it, yeah. constantly on it. Yeah. And you've been talking about doing something like this for a while because mm -hmm. every you every Saturday you would have a gig mm -hmm. with somebody else's band. Yeah. But now you have your own band. Yeah. And to see that progression from the outside, yeah, is is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. But like you said, this. There's certain things that goes on within this journey that mm -hmm. if you're not willing to deal with those sacrifices and those mm -hmm. minor setbacks, if you're not willing to get up, yeah, then maybe this isn't something that you want to do. But mm -hmm. like you said, it can be done. The mm -hmm. question is, how bad do you want it? Exactly. And I see that. I see that in your grind. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, you're not just grinding. Like you, you have something substantial, mm -hmm. and it's good. Yeah, <laughs> and you and that's and it's funny you were talking about local talent because a lot of people would assume if you're like mm -hmm. local, he local, he ain't, he's not as good as such and such. Mm -hmm. And to see that you all was so good that you mm -hmm. got overlooked, yeah, 
from he you know from yeah. home not down in augusta yeah but that that is a major problem yeah. and well, yeah what people don't realize when they say local talent is somebody is somebody's local talent yes so yeah. <laughs> you 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 know you guys you know you like you know Labusi come down uh uh yo Gotti, they somebody's local talent yeah. They just not Augustus. So mm. why can't we can support somebody else's local talent, but why can't we support our own local talent? Yeah. Um and, and me being on this journey in music, I've I've always you've always heard the term, don't nobody make it out of Augusta, man. Augusta ain't got no talent. That is the biggest lie I've ever heard. Or I've ever I'm just realizing. Augusta yeah. has some of the most talented people I have ever seen or heard in my life. Um, a, the, a lot of the issues I'm starting to realize being in this music game is is these people that are over this music stuff. A lot of these promoters, a lot of these people that are in charge of these music things, mm-hmm. they don't promote us. They don't promote this local talent. Um, not calling any names, but it's just it's sad that when you have these big events, whether it's concerts where artists are coming down and they need opening acts where you have stuff at the commons you know um different concert series they rather bring in people from atlanta columbia savannah to 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 run these shows and you have bands that are here doing stuff locally you guys praise them locally but you won't put them on the big stage and i i i really don't understand it i feel like augusta has a uh, not all of Augusta, but most of Augusta has this crab in the bucket mentality. Yeah. When nobody's gonna make it out before I do, and because of that, Augusta's always gonna get that rep. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person, and anybody can tell you, I I'm trying to make it to help everybody else make it. You know, I'm I'm the guy that's gonna that's gonna climb to the top and look over and reach back down, mm-hmm. and keep pulling people up. I think that's what it's about. You know, I don't I feel like once you get to the top, it's not to sit at the top, it's to help get people to the top. Somebody has to get to the top. You know, everybody can't try to climb on top of each other to get to the top. But um I think one big thing that, that's going into effect, um, the artist Topher, he's actually in works now of starting a artist union. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically this union is going to be a collection of, you know, a lot of Augusta artists. And we're going to get together and make sure that we can get put on these stages. We need to get put on. We can make sure we get paid yeah. when we get put on these stages. It's it's a shame you got groups out here opening for major acts and they're getting paid l- less than $100. You know, they it's, 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 it's crazy, man. We want to also teach these artists the business. Yeah. Um, anywhere my my band goes, anything we do, we've got we've got business agreements. We've got um, all this, um, and it, all this has to be signed before we do stuff. Um, there's a business side to this this artistry. Um, a lot of people don't realize. Um, I know people have seen the TLC stories and <clears throat> Salt and Pepper and New Edition. Everybody's seen the New Edition story. <clears throat> where they had the number one selling single in the, in the world, yeah. and they had a commit a royalty check of dollar and twenty five cent. You don't know the business; the same thing can happen. I know guys who've gotten record deals, and they've gotten million dollar record deals, and some of these guys are working at Walmart right now, wow. and they still owe these record companies uh, thousands of dollars because they did not realize in their contract 
the money they got fronted was to cover expenses for things that they were doing. They thought, oh, this is just money to spend, but not realizing, you know, this money is to fund your project, you know, mm-hmm. but if we don't get taught the business, we don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a lot of what this artist, artist union is going to be about. Um, of course, he'll have more details later, so. But yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that. That's that's definitely going to be something. We just biggest thing is we just we just gotta support each other. You know, artists. It's gonna start with the artists. Artists gotta support each other. Um, like I tell a lot of people, I, I've told Topher, I've told Mike Sarge. I said, man, it's it's plenty of bread on the table for everybody to eat. I don't know yeah. why people think like it's a limited supply. It's plenty. It's plenty, but it, you can't get it if everybody knocking the plate off the table. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's, that's the support has got to be real, and that's that's what we got to change this year. That's the biggest thing. I hear um, a lot of artists, local artists, saying that reminding us to pay attention to our value. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do isn't easy and doesn't come easy at all. And <laughs> just as much effort as you put in a studio is just the same amount as a, as a lawyer that's sitting down doing a briefing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the same thing, man. It's the same. It's the same energy. It's the same passion. Yeah. Uh, just filters out differently, yeah. but it's it's the same. It's the same drive. And for a while, I was. Um, I think I did the same thing. Like I got. I undervalued what I do, mm-hmm. and they were constantly reminding us, "Man, don't show yourself short." Like yeah. if somebody asks you to do a show, mm-hmm. ask about the price and then go into details. Because yeah. if they're not willing to pay you, there's no point in you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is and is and a lot of a lot of artists, especially ones coming up, don't be afraid to turn down some stuff, yeah. and don't feel like, "Oh, if I turn this down, they're not gonna call me," because you turning down a, a low-paying gig is just as bad as you taking a low-paying gig. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep taking, you keep doing shows for $100, $75, you're going to get labeled as a $100, $75 artist. Yeah. And you're going to get, you're going to be treated as such. But if you if you have your stuff in writing, have your set prices, then people going to take you serious. Um, we've had to do that before. You know, money wasn't right people want to pay you pennies on a dollar no that's not gonna fly and people respect people people will say well the the number one excuse for that is well you get exposure you get exposure people don't realize we live in a day of social media i can expose myself yeah that's true um i appreciate the opportunity um and and you have to really use wisdom with that now don't get me wrong if somebody tell you i want you to to come on tour open up for for jay-z but i can only pay you so much okay now that's an opportunity (laughs) so (laughs) let's not let's use some wisdom you know but if if you got little little boo-boo from helpsable uh in concert and they want you to open up for five dollars be like no (laughs) who is little boo-boo it it has to be a give and take it's got to be if, if you can't if you can't pay me what i'm worth then the, the value getting I'm getting out of this has to be worth it. I my my um social media following has to go up. My promotional value has to go up. Something something has to be compensated there. Yeah. Um like you said, man, know your value. Just it's it's big, man. It's and it's not not even in the the quote unquote secular industry. It's in the church too, man. 
And I know you've seen this many times, man. Churches are the worst. And and I'm a I'm I'm a, a full time church musician too. But I've I've seen it and I see it all the time. Churches they take advantage of musicians, vice versa, musicians take advantage of churches. Just what regardless of what you in, know your value. You know, yeah. people all day are going to tell you your gift make room for itself until it's time to make room for itself. Yeah. Then they don't want it to make no room. So <laughs> just know your value, know what you're worth, put it in writing, brand yourself, and everything else is going to fall in place. So uh, I'm going to ask you this before I let you go. Well, it would be two things. Yeah. Um, first thing is, how does how do you feel now, now that you are at this point in your life, you're married, mm-hmm. um, father? Mm-hmm. So how does how – does, how does that feel? I know that you have different different types of days where things get heavy, and in those moments where you're like, "Man, this is beautiful." But mm-hmm. overall, like, how does how does it feel now in comparison to when we were obviously younger, younger, and we had less responsibilities? Oh man, it's it's definitely a challenge um, juggling a wife, uh, a, a baby, a ten month old, and then a music career. It's it's not easy, yeah. um, but support gets you through it um i've got support from my wife from my my family my my friends i think the biggest thing that helps me through it is actually have having cleared my circle out and you know my phone trying to talk to me again (laughs) actually having cleared my circle out and now i actually have people around me that support me and actually propel me yeah. Um, so it makes it easy, you know. Um, I, I have to. I'm blessed to have all my family here. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times when I'm off, or most of the time I'm off, I'll, I'll take take my son to one of his grandparents' house, you know, for a little bit and get in the studio, get some work done. So I'm blessed to have that. But yeah, man, it's 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 awesome, man. It's the challenge is fun. I put it there. Yeah. A lot of people said, "Hey, man, you know." You gonna have to put that music career on hold, man. Raise this son, you know. You gonna take care of that wife, get you a job, get you another job. And nah, nah that's what you had to do. Yeah. Nah, that's that's why you fifty two still, you know, asking paper plastic. Not trying to throw no shade, but yeah. you know, you could you could do anything you put your mind to, man. It's don't don't let anybody tell you, you know, because you got kids, you can't do it. Because you married, you got this. You, just just do it. Just yeah. just do it. You know, just just set your mind and go for it. I want to commend your family mm-hmm. for supporting you. Oh mm-hmm. uh, man, every everything that I've seen you do, mm-hmm. your mom is like front row. Like <laughs> mom's always, always been like mom's was the PTA leader. Mom's was <laughs> mom's was the leader of the band. Like mom's is always there, man. Like my mom's. I, I actually would not have made it to the seventh grade without my mom. <laughs> One of my teachers in sixth grade, did, she probably wish she could have ran me over. She hated me that much. I don't Dang. know why. But she actually, um, not no, I don't know if this teacher, I don't know if she, I ain't saying no names, but she actually doctored my grade in sixth grade to keep me from going to the seventh. Wow. And my mom called it um, and actually got everything situated. So, yeah. Good, good job, mom. So, <laughs> but yeah, man. Between my mom, um, my dad. Oh my God, my dad is probably my dad's on point. My dad actually bought me my first drum set, my first major drum set, wow. and he dropped some major bread on that thing. When I first started, you know, um, playing professionally and traveling and stuff, he he made sure I was good. Um, and then my grandparents, they always, always there, man. Um, 
the show, the concert we put on in November, my grandparents actually um, blessed me and gave me the the deposit I needed to put down for the venue. Yeah. Um, didn't ask for it back. Um, so wow. it's just they because they believe in my gift, man. You know, so I just I just thank God for that, man. A lot of people don't have that type of support, so yeah. I actually I feel like now you know I have an obligation to them to to be to succeed. You know, they. I have these people depending on me and invested so much money and time into me. I don't have no. I don't have no choice else but to make it and be yeah. successful. You know, so. And I, and I, I'm hearing from other artists. That's the major. That's been a major problem is the lack of support. Mm-hmm. And I even Topher mentioned. They say, hey man, it's not even about paying money. Like just, just support. Mm-hmm. Like just be present. Yeah. Be there. Be consistent. Mm-hmm. And. Um, but yeah, and I just always thought that was really cool because I know some people whose families could probably care less mm-hmm. about what they're doing, yeah. and they fail to realize that this person is really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. All they need is that that more wood added to that fire, so they yeah. understand that yo, this is something that mm-hmm. I can continuously do because I have people in my corner. Yeah, um, I'm actually just before I let you go. Mm-hmm. So what's what's next? On, on the agenda oh, and man. for the future well this year Major Sound is making some major moves <laughs> <laughs> nice. um yeah yeah I'm um, actually I'm um, I'm actually working currently working on a clothing line um it's gonna be called Major Fit um I don't have any release day I have I'm looking for I'm getting everything situated now working on that um um, I actually, we've got shows booked probably through June. Um, of course, me and Topher, um, we, we're we still linked up. We're working on his live mixtape that's going to feature my band on there. Um, Major Sound, we actually have a project coming out probably springtime. Um, so y'all be on the lookout for that. The, the single should be coming in a month or so. Um, it's it's awesome, man. I just I just got so much stuff. That's 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 coming out, man. Um, but but definitely, I, I just wanna I wanna get us I wanna get us make us a family a household name, you know. Yeah. I wanna spread positivity, and that's 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 what all our music is about, man. Positivity and, and empowerment. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, but I really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, I mean, man. We can uh, you know we talk all day. All day, man. All, all about every everything. single thing. And, Everything from Marvel to DC to bad music to <laughs> possibly opening a strip club slash chicken joint. <laughs> oh my gosh, what we call it? The chicken strip? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man, hold on. I don't think I, don't, I know one thing I miss. I know a lot of people we was talking about the music. They probably, like, what kind of music do you do? What kind of oh, yeah, 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 man. So, um, my band. Um, we do right now. We do uh, what I like to call jazz fusion, mm-hmm. which is it's jazz, but it's not your you know your uh, um, your saxophone classical jazz. We do is R and B trap soul type jazz. Like it's some it's some dope stuff, man. You gonna you gonna hear it differently. Um, just look up jazz fusion. You know mm-hmm. YouTube anytime you get a chance. Uh, Tony Royster Jr. He has a band that did Jazz Fusion before. It's really dope, man. So we just want to... I don't think a lot of people or anybody's really doing that here in Augusta, any Jazz Fusion type stuff. So, yeah, yeah man. And then we're partnered with with uh, Topher, who's a very inspirational hip-hop artist. Everything he talks about is empowering 
encouraging, uplifting. Um, we we don't use any profanity in our music. We don't talk about anything vulgar. Everything is everything we put in our music is coming from a godly basis. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily gospel music. Um, we don't label ourselves as Christian artists, but we are Christians and faith-based individuals that that use our gift. That's how we brand ourselves. So, the reason we don't call ourselves gospel or hip or gospel Christian artists is because you know that puts you in a bubble. Yeah. Um, and I I've I noticed that quick. You know, um, being labeled a gospel artist, you can't talk about sex can't talk about drugs you can't talk about having you know these feelings or man she fine but you can't talk about a lot of that stuff and and it shouldn't be like that because yeah. being in church you should be able to talk about anything but reason we don't label ourselves is because we talk about all of that you know we talk about love we talk about god we talk about having those feelings of lust or whatever but everything we talk about it it's through a godly basis. So yeah. it's, it's, it's talking about it to help you get through it. Um, uh, Topher has a song called Bound um, about basically being in love with a woman and having left this woman but still being in love with her, how to deal with those feelings. And we, yeah. it's stuff people go through, you know. It's, we, it's, it's really good music, man, so. Like like Lecrae's done it, you know. Lecrae initially, was, yeah. Lecrae initially was labeled hip hop Christian artist. Mm-hmm. He broke away from that because it's you know it's other things you want to talk about, man. And it's it's not riding a fence. It's not trying to have best of both worlds. It's just trying to trying to reach more than one side. Because I've always said, you know, you can't be you can't stay in the church and try to grab the world. Yeah, you have to go out into the world if you want to grab people, bring people closer to Christ. Um, and you have to be, you have to go in the world, but not be of the world, you know. Yeah. And that's that's our main purpose, man. It's just definitely to, to, to send that message of positivity, because um, our, our culture, especially black culture, we need it, man. It's so much negativity, it's so much bad um, expressions and, and portrayals of the black community out there, man. We just need something positive. Yeah. That's all we are. Just breath of fresh air. That might be one name on our mixtapes. <laughs> Breath of fresh air. And um, if any place, we uh, we need that, especially now with yeah, all this man. mess that's going on. Oh yeah, man. Oh, we yeah. need some positive depictions of who we are, what we're capable of doing. Yeah, uh, we've come, we've come too far mm-hmm. um, to go backwards. Yeah. So um, I can see that positivity mm-hmm. in you all's music. Um, what you all are doing, along with other artists is you're shedding light on what you do mm-hmm. and it's causing us to be um, inner reflective mm-hmm. which is what we need Yeah. and you touched base on that you said it perfectly the first person I thought about was Lecrae because he got back, a lot of backlash a lot of backlash from uh, people in the church mm-hmm. and saying you shouldn't talk about this and it's <laughs> you can always combat that say mm-hmm. okay so um, so you're saying that the experience that you had with making your child was just so holy. Mm-hmm. That was just so pure. Mm-hmm. Or the life that you had prior to the just, it, exactly. it was just you was just perfect. I tell I tell people all the time. I said the the older generation they don't realize this the 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 world is being left in the hands of our youth. Yeah. If you don't cultivate and nourish them, and you basically push them to the side, what do you think is going to happen to the to the to this culture? Everything that's on TV now is sexualized. Mm-hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. our our women are being shown that they have to be naked on everything. They have to be uh, promiscuous. They have to fight. The guys are showing, oh, we got to be players. We got to sleep with women. We drugs. I've never seen where drug being a druggie is cool. Yeah. Never. You mean we used to have the the the, the after school shows, the the schoolhouse rock talking about drugs mm-hmm. and stuff. Now it's Molly Percocet is the hook of a song. Wow. You know, Xanax is the new fad. You know, popping mop breasts. It's just crazy, man. And it's the church isn't talking about that. You know, they still want to talk about uh, sewing and tithing, and and it's not every church. Um, because my pastor, Pastor uh, Doctor Mitchell, is. He definitely teaches a true word. Mm-hmm. It is relatable. It is. It is not most. A lot of pastors, all they talk about is the money, um, how much you need to tithe, and we know why. We know why they do that. Um, but you got pastors out there that's really trying to make a difference and really trying to educate people. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Because you, our youth out here, they're all they're seeing on TV is this stuff, and you know these. They need to know how to deal with these feelings and how to how to prepare their mind and their ear gate, their eye gate against all this stuff, man. And that's that's what we're here for. You know, somebody got to do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if 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 the church is not banding together to do it, then you know somebody got to try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're here for. Make a major difference. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah. Like I said, we could uh, we could talk all day. Oh yeah, um, but it's just amazing how much has happened in the last five years. Hold on, twelve, eleven, about seven, mm-hmm. seven, eight years. When I first first met you, um, we would have thought that we'll be here. Yeah. doing what we do mm-hmm. and enjoying life so yeah. I really appreciate that no problem man uh, I may have misquoted the episode number uh, this is actually episode number 22 so I jumped I went a little backwards <laughs> but I had to jump ahead of myself so um, yes uh, check out uh, Eamon Hudson I know he's on uh, Facebook Instagram you on Twitter not no, yet not I yet. have a Twitter I haven't really been on it but I'll probably get back on Twitter I'll see I see what people want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find him. You can find his band, A Major Sound. Um, they're gonna be. Oh yeah, I forgot they act. They performed at uh, Arts of the Heart last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be back this year. And it's mm-hmm. see, it's stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, stuff like like literally being on the center stage mm-hmm. and on a and a, doing a major event yeah. such as Arts of the Heart because yeah. there's obviously it's picking up. With every year, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. We're and actually probably going to be there twice because we'll be there with Topher and then as major sound. So that's yeah, pretty cool. And um, you, But you, you heard that. Um, and people, once you listen to this, it may. No, nah, that's something different. It's not as way down. Like, never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, check them out when you get a chance. Uh, I'm not just saying it's one of the dopest producers I've ever heard. Um, it's it's nice to to listen to him talk about music because he he breaks it down to a science, especially when it comes to creating tracks, things that I never would have considered um, as just a consumer, basic consumer of music. So it allows you to form a different appreciation for it. Yeah. Uh, but um, again, uh, thank you all for listening. This is episode uh, 22.
of the glory in our stories with Mr. Eamon Hudson.